Welcome to Talks with T-Tom, the podcast. For the next hour, I need you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. We talk a lot of football, we talk a lot of basketball, sports in general, and also as well, we talk about real-life events that's going on right now. So, therefore, sit tight, enjoy the show. Welcome to Talks with T-Tom. What is up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T Time Westman back again with another episode of Talk with T Time. Believe we're on episode three now, season four, man. I appreciate you guys, love and support, man. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Go ahead and give us a five star rating and a thumbs up as well, man. If you haven't, follow me on Instagram at AO underscore T Time 9 and Talks with T Time, the podcast. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Ao underscore T time nine man. Appreciate you guys love and support. Before we even talk about any sports tonight, man, I want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. Rest in peace to Brianna Taylor. And um, right now, especially with me being a, a young African American man in this country, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it, bro. It's the same story over and over and over and over again. The black community is tired of it. A cop or a couple of cops ran into the wrong apartment apparently. And just started blasting. It's just, I'm tired of it man. You know, I don't want to say start. I don't want to misinform. They, you know, they ran into the house. They busted into the house. And the boyfriend, as any boyfriend would do, first thing you're going to do is protect your lady. That's, that's, that's what you're going to do. And he had a gun and he started blasting. So they started blasting back. And those bullets happened to kill Breonna Taylor. No police was charged with Breonna Taylor's murder. And I'm sick of it. I am. If you don't like politics, this is not even about politics, actually. This is human rights, man. I'm tired of people doing that as well. BLM is not a a political movement. Black Lives Matter is not political. It's human rights, man. It's human freaking rights, man. There's no other way around it. So before I even jump into any sports tonight, I want to talk about that. Because I kind of feel like I got to come on here and vent tonight. I'm sick and tired of police killing my people and walking free. I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. It's disgusting. We get killed by the cops. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, they, they, da, 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 da. Some type of excuse. Every time. Police brutality and racism is real in this world. And it needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped, bro. It's undefendable. It's sickening. We got to do a better job of protecting our black women and black men as well in this country. It's a damn shame. Excuse my language. It's a damn shame that honestly, if somebody broke into my house, I would be scared to call the cops. I would. I'm going to tell you the truth. I would. Because they might run up in my house and pop me just because I'm black. It's a damn shame, man. I'm sorry. It's just, it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable, bro, and I'm sick and tired of it. Black lives gonna matter today, tomorrow, and the days after that. And I hope y'all know that. Everybody, I don't care if you Hispanic, Asian, white, black, blue, or I don't care. Black lives gonna matter forever. So I want to start off the program with that. To let y'all know what type of mood I'm in. I'm tired of my people hurting. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm tired of my people being put in in bondage. We already been in bondage for 401 years. I'm tired of it. So like I said. Black lives are always going to matter. Always. And that's all I got to say about it. Now we can jump into some sports. All right. So last week, we didn't get any, you know, I didn't do a podcast last week because I had a lot going on. And I just needed some me time, man. So you know what? We back. 
full live. We're going to jump into mostly NFL and college football today. We'll talk a little bit of NBA, but like I said, you know, we'll talk to NBA probably towards the end of the podcast. But I want to go ahead and jump into the NFL. Like I said, we did preview the week, the first week, but we did not do anything on the second week of the NFL season. Now we're stepping into the third week of the NFL season. I want to talk about a couple different things. I'll go over the games that will be taking place this week, and then we'll move forward. Um, Miami actually will be playing Jacksonville tonight. Um, the LA Rams will be playing Buffalo. So we got two 2-0 two teams going up against each other. In Buffalo on Sunday. We also have another good game in uh, Las Vegas versus the New England Patriots. Also as well, we have the Washington Redskins against Cleveland. Also on Sunday, we have Houston against Pittsburgh. We have San Francisco against the Giants and a very hurt up uh, San Francisco team. We'll talk about them in a minute. Also as well, we have the Cincinnati Bengals going to Philadelphia to play my Eagles. And uh, we'll see how long that works out because that's a whole other issue I got today. I'm just in a piss mood, man, today. I really am. I, I, I'm really not in the mood. Like, I'm really, I'm in the mood to give y'all this content, but I, I'm low-key pissed off of what's going on in our country. But that's for another day. We got Tennessee going to Minnesota. We got the Chicago Bears heading down here to Atlanta, and we're going to talk about Atlanta a little bit. Um, we also have the Jets in the Indianapolis Colts. We have the Carolina Panthers going to play Justin Herbert in his first start. We're going to talk about the Chargers a little bit. Uh, we also, as well, have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers heading out to Denver. With there, also a very hurt-up team at the moment. Um, the Detroit Lions heading to Arizona. The Dallas Cowboys heading out to Seattle. And on Sunday night, we have Green Bay heading down to New Orleans. And then probably the best game of the year so far, probably, the Kansas City Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night. So that's kind of how the football weekend is looking. Now, I want to go over some of these teams and what they've been doing for the year. We're not going to go over every game, obviously. I'm just not doing that. Um, I told y'all that was probably just a one week one type situation. So, the first team I want to talk about is the Las Vegas Raiders going up against New England. Um, I have been very impressed with the Las Vegas Raiders, Raiders so far. Um, you know, they they beat a, a rebuilding Carolina Panthers team, but in their defense, they really didn't know what to expect because the Panthers don't have any film on them really like that. Um, you know, obviously they could pull film probably from Joe Brady at LSU and obviously Matt Rule at Baylor, but I mean, with a different set of guys, it's kind of different. Um, and then also them being able to beat the Saints the way they were able to beat them, obviously without, you know, Michael Thomas, but still, that's impressive. Um, so I'm definitely impressed with the Las Vegas Raiders. I think Josh Jacobs is a superstar in the making. Uh, he's a great running back so far. I think they're, they're very talented and young at wide receiver. Now, as y'all can say, my boy Cam Newton, he been balling, man. I mean, he really took that game down to the wire. He looks like the old 2015 Cam. I'm excited to see what New England does. But I am also very impressed with Derek Carr's play. I will be honest. I know I've been tough on Derek Carr in the past on this podcast, but I'm really impressed with Derek Carr. So that's one of the games I want to highlight this weekend. I think that actually could be a decent game. Another game I want to talk about is the Bengals and the, and, and the Eagles. I know there's two 0-2 teams, but y'all know I'm an Eagles fan as of right now. And the way they playing, that could change. Um, Carson Wentz. I got I to gotta rag on you, dog. I can't. You cannot slide away from the slander, fam. I told y'all I'm in that type of mood tonight. I told y'all I'm in that type of mood tonight. Carson Wentz, you are playing like the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL right now. There's no other way around it, bro. I can't can't defend what you're doing, fam. I cannot defend it. It's undefendable. I'm telling you now, if this type of play continues, I'm going to read off y'all the stats for Carson Wentz so far in the season. But if this type of play continues... It's Jalen Hurts season for me. I'm going to tell y'all the obvious truth. It's, it's Jalen Hurts season for me. If we lose to the Bengals this week and we continue to look like trash, it's Jalen Hurts season for me. Let me tell y'all Carson Wentz stats as of right now. 50 for 85, 512 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions. Absolutely ridiculous. He is doing way too much. He is trying way too hard. Apparently, Carson Wentz is coming up to the line, 
changing the plays, woo woo woo, doing all this crazy stuff, trying to be superhero, a Batman, a Robin, whatever, Superman, Carson Wentz, go with the flow, man, this is already a weird year, we don't need you coming up here calling audibles from what the coach doesn't want called, you're not at that level yet, my guy, you're not there yet. Carson Wentz, I love you, man, but you are the problem with the the, the, uh, the Eagles right now. There's no question. You and the offensive line is, is the problem. It was a problem in the Washington game. It was a problem in the L.A. Rams game. You guys are the problem. The offensive line and Carson Wentz mainly are the problem. So, that's that. I got to see more from Carson Wentz. Because if not, if this stuff continues for two and three weeks, Jalen Hurts' season is going to be on its way in Philadelphia, in my opinion. Now, another team I want to talk about is the Chicago Bears versus the Atlanta Falcons. We've seen the tobacco that Atlanta pulled off last week. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, up 39 to 30 with like three minutes left, and you choke that game away and lose. I don't know how that's possible. Stephen A. Smith called them the dumbest football team in America. I completely agree. I've been saying that for the last few years. Dan Quinn, how? I'm, I'm sorry. Once again, I, I told y'all I'm in that type of mood today. How in the hell was Dan, Dan Quinn able to come back to Atlanta with a job? How was that possible? You just choked. Actually, let me go back even further. Because at one point in the fourth quarter, I want to say it was like 39 to like 20 or something like that. In the fourth quarter. How does Dan Quinn get back on a plane to Atlanta? If I was off the blank, I'd say, hey man, find your own way back. How does that dude still have a job today? How? They got a big game against Chicago this week weekend, man. Chicago's 2-0 right now. Granted, they, you know, beat two not really good teams, but they're 2-0 right now. If Chicago comes into Atlanta and lays a whooping to the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn should not. He should be packing his stuff up the next day. It's just unacceptable. I don't know what type of pictures he got on that, uh, uh, that organization, but I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. He shouldn't be, he shouldn't be coaching if, if that's the case. He, should, he just shouldn't. That's the honest truth. Next, I want to jump into the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor, my brother, if you don't go get your lawyer and lawyer up right now and sue them folks, I will have them folks calling me the Tyrod Chargers by the end of the month. Because with that doctor basically cracking his rib, that took him out of commission. He's going to be out for probably two to three weeks. Now... Justin Herbert, who had a great game, who had an absolutely great game on um, Sunday against the Chiefs, he's going to come in against this, this young Panthers defense. And now, it's this whole situation that the doctor has caused, even though we know it was probably going to happen in week seven or eight anyway, let's say Justin Herbert comes out here and balls for the next couple weeks. Tyrod's not getting his job back, bro. I'm telling you, he's not getting his job back. And he might still not get it back. So it just sucks for him. But I'm expecting big things out of Justin Herbert this week. And I think this is the team that you can get right on. This is a good first starting game for. Carolina defense has no sacks right now. None at all. They have the least pressures in the NFL. This is the game where you can get off. So that's going to be interesting to see. That's going to be a game that's going to be, you know, Probably highly watched at 4.05. Now, the other game I want to talk about is the Dallas Cowboys against the Seattle Seahawks. I don't care what nobody say right now. Y'all know I'm the biggest Patrick Mahomes stand. But right now, Russell Wilson is playing like the best player in the NFL as of right now. Um, going up against Dallas at home, man, I'm expecting big things out of Russell Wilson in this game. Dallas really should be 0-2 right now. But like we said, the Falcons, you know they're going to be Falcons and do what they do. Um... I expect Seattle to win this game big, man. Honestly. Russell Wilson is playing at another level right now. And that's just that, man. He's playing at another level right now. He's looking like the best quarterback in the game right now. Even over Patrick Mahomes to me. So that's that. 
I want to talk about the Green Bay New Orleans game. We've starting to kind of, I feel like we're starting to see the end of Drew Brees a little bit. This is a Sunday night game. Aaron Rodgers is playing at an extremely high level right now. He's back to like 2015, 2016 type Aaron Rodgers. The way he's slinging that rock around, the way he's spreading that ball around. I'm impressed with what Aaron Rodgers is doing. I ain't going to tell you no lie, man. I'm impressed with what he's doing. New Orleans. This is a big game for you guys because the NFC South is not looking as gaunted as we thought it was going to be. The Panthers suck. The Falcons don't look really like a good team either. No, good teams don't blow, you know, 29 to 10 leads. They, they Good teams don't do that. That's not a good team. The Bucks don't look unbeatable as they did looked on paper. They don't look as unbeatable, even though they have an easier opponent this week in Denver because, obviously, Blake Bortles looks like it's going to be starting, um, and he just signed like two days ago. So they could easily go up 2-1 this week. This is a big game for the Saints because they find themselves 1-2. I know it's early in the season, but that's not a good look for them because everybody's kind of expecting them to be I, I I don't like the Saints at all, and I expected them to be in the NFC Championship. If they come out one and two, man, the odds of that get a little lower. I'm going to be honest with you. So that's going to be an interesting game to watch out for. And then the best game of the year so far, probably, um, is obviously Kansas City versus Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, the $500 million man. I mean, it don't get no better than that, man. On Monday night, it actually is going to feel like a Monday night game I actually might tune in for, for the first time in a while. I think the last one I really tuned in for was, was that last year or the year before, that Rams and, that might have been last year, that Rams and Chiefs game where it was like 56 to like 52, it was something crazy. Um, that was probably the last time I turned into a Monday night game, but this will be one of those situations where I probably will tune in. Two of the best teams, obviously right now the Chiefs defense could be better, um, we seen them kind of get exposed a little bit against the Chiefs. I mean, against the uh, Chargers on Sunday. Um, Baltimore still looks good, man. They've been looking good all year. Um, even though, you know, you got to kind of take those wins with a grain of salt at the beginning of the year. But they have looked pretty good so far. I'm interested to see what this game is going to be like, man. And this is the game I'm actually going to pick a team who I think is going to win. I think for Kansas City, the keys to them to win it is obviously containing Lamar Jackson. Do not let Lamar Jackson beat you, especially with his legs. Don't let him beat you with, with that read option. I think it's also going to be important for the Chiefs' defense to be sound and not – they're going to have to be disciplined in this game because with that read option and, and now he can throw the ball. He can throw the ball. He's accurate. He's been accurate. But he's even gotten even more accurate in the last year or so. It's going to be very important for the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense to be disciplined in this game. For Baltimore, get after the quarterback. You have the defensive line to do it. You have the stand-up linebackers to do it. You have to get to Patrick Mahomes. Now, yes, the Chiefs do have an amazing you know, offensive line. We already know that. But you gotta you gotta apply some pressure, man. And obviously, probably the most important thing is those weapons they have. The secondary is gonna have to be on point. When you got guys like Miko Harmon, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, uh, Hill, all these burners that can just burn you, you have to stay back because Patrick Mahomes will kill you. That's the two goals. I'm taking Kansas City in this game, though. 28 to 24. That's the score I'm going with. Now, that covers NFL for week three. That covers NFL for week three. I'm excited that we're in the season. I'm glad we're in the season. I feel like we've seen some pretty decent games. I felt like, you know what I'm saying, I felt like that, that Patriots and Seahawks game was probably the best game I had seen this season. You know, that was the best game I had seen. Um, but
But yeah, man, obviously, man, I'm excited about, you know, NFL being back. If you haven't already, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at AO underscore T time nine. And then also as well, I need you to follow me on my podcast page on IG at Talks with T time, the podcast. When we get back, guess what, y'all? SEC football is back. Don't you think it means just a little bit more? We'll talk about it when we get back. What is up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, man. Back at it again with another uh, segment of Talks with T-Time. I messed up, y'all. It's actually episode two of season four. So thank y'all for tuning in, man. If you haven't already, I need you to go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, man. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Twitter as well, at AO underscore T-Time 9, man. And the podcast page at Talks with T-Time, man. I appreciate you guys' love and support, man. Uh... Man, we're getting some SEC football this weekend, man. I'm excited, man, to see what these teams are going to do. Obviously, I'm going to preview some of the games that's taking place this week and talk about it a little bit. But we mainly want to jump into the SEC. I'm going to kind of go over the games to kind of just keep your eyes on. And then I'm really going to jump into the SEC. Um, A game you might want to keep your eyes on. We got number 21, uh, Pitt, taking on Louisville after taking that big beat into uh, Miami on last Saturday night. Um, they're playing at 12 o'clock, so that's maybe a game you want to check out. Obviously, like I said, we're going to jump into the SEC and stuff like that uh, because tonight is going to be a heavy college football talk night. Uh, we got Florida going up against Ole Miss at Ole Miss at 12 o'clock on ESPN. We also have the uh, University of Kentucky going up against Auburn at 12 as well. Uh, we have Texas going up against Texas Tech. West Virginia going up against Oklahoma State. Mississippi State going up against LSU. We also have Army traveling to number 14, Cincinnati. Uh, number four, Georgia will take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Alabama is back in business going up against Missouri at 7 o'clock at night. We also have a good rivalry between Florida State and Miami taking place at 7.30 in Miami. We also have number 16, Tennessee, playing at South Carolina Gamecocks in Columbia. I do believe there will be fans there. Um, also, as well, uh, Saturday night we'll have Vanderbilt against Texas A&M. And then a the game I'm kind of intrigued with a little bit is NC State versus Virginia Tech at 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Uh, so those are some of the games that I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on, some of the main games. Virginia Tech hasn't played a game yet uh, this season because of the coronavirus. They've had to push a couple games back. And stuff like this. So that's their, this is going to be their first game. So news did get to break uh, earlier today. The Pac-12 will play seven games starting in the beginning of November. Um, so they're going to try, try to play seven games straight. Uh, last time we talked, I think the Big Ten had just decided that they're going to be doing eight games straight, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it looks like college football is going to be fully back, you know, November. Every team, you know, in the Power Five will be playing. So that's going to be interesting to see. So I did want to notate that as well. And there was also some more news that broke out about college football today. This will be the first year there will not be any type of requirements to play a bowl game. So that's interesting. So basically, you can lose every game and still go to a bowl. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I'm probably sure they're doing that because of revenue and the loss of money and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that's the reason they're doing that. But that's the decision that just came down actually about an hour ago that basically everybody's going to make at least a bowl game, even if you won zero games. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the good old SEC where they say it matters more, man. That's what they say. It just matters a tad bit more in the SEC. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about the SEC, man. I really want to jump into them real quickly and to jump into some of these games, man, because I am going to be going into, you know, kind of depths because, like I said, today is really going to be more so about college football. So, we got the SEC joining us this weekend. I'm not going to tell you no lie, man. I'm kind of excited that they are joining us. I'm going to be completely real with you. I'm not even going to sit up here and lie about it because these weeks of football have kind of been rough to get through. 
because of that. Um, because that SEC element, man. I'm, I'm not going to tell you no lie, man. That's just me being completely honest. All right. So, I want to jump into the SEC. Let's go ahead and get that done. So, the first game I want to talk about is Ole Miss against Florida. Well, technically Florida against Ole Miss since they're traveling to Oxford. I like Florida. I've been saying I like Florida really since the end of last year. Um, I like Florida a lot. I think they are probably the best team in the SEC East, especially now since there's no Jamie Newman, and we don't even know if JT Daniels is going to get the start uh, for Georgia come Saturday. We don't even know yet at this point. It sounds like it's going to be Dewan Mathis that's going to start. Um, so right now I'm a huge proponent of the Florida Gators and I've been that way really since, like I said, since like last fall, honestly, like towards the end of last fall, I was like, yo, I think Florida, you know, is a step away. Now y'all know I've been on the record saying this. I'm not a big Cal Trask fan. He just seems like a, he's just the all right quarterback, uh, above average to average quarterback. Um, I think the kid Emory Jones has a little bit more upside than him, but you know, I you know I still think Florida is talented enough that they can still you know win their division. I think they can win the the East for sure, especially with Georgia, who I feel like is going to have a down year this year, in my personal opinion, um, because of the quarterback situation. So coming into this game, um, Ole Miss obviously having a new coach. Um, you know, having basically, you know, new everything, new, you know, it's going to be different for them. Um, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do. Um, like I said, coming into this game, I seen some of Ole Miss's games last year. Um, Florida comes in as a 13-point favorite, 13.5-point favorite as of right now. That obviously could change. Um, I think that, you know, Ole Miss is going to make this game kind of muckied up, but I think they could actually potentially, you know, have a very good season this year. Now, Lane Kiffin, y'all know me. I, I like Lane Kiffin. I'm, I'm a Lane Kiffin fan for the most part. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. Um, so I'm definitely interested to kind of see where that goes. I do think Florida handles this with, with a breeze. Um, I know I was talking to my guy L.A. on um, Twitter a few months ago, and he was telling me that the Ole Miss game kind of scared him a little bit. But I think this was like pre-pandemic. But I just think Florida's just a better team, man. They, they're super talented. I think they're going to win the SEC East this year. I've been saying that. And I think they're actually going to get in the playoffs this year, um, especially with the way things are looking. Um, you know, I, I have high, high hopes for uh, Florida this year. I think they do have the best quarterback in the conference right now. In Cal Trask, even though I'm not a big fan of him, I still think he's the best quarterback in the conference as of right now. So, that's how I feel about that game. I'm going to take Florida in this game like 41-14. to 14. I think they handle it pretty soundly. I think at first it's going to be a kind of ugly, muck-it-up game type situation. But I think at the end of the day, Florida takes care of business. So, then we go to Kentucky versus Auburn. Now, it's a little bit different than Jordan here without fans, I'm pretty sure. Or with a limited amount of fans, it's not going to be the same type of energy that it normally is. Um, right now, Kentucky is ranked number 23 in the country. Obviously, Bob Stutes did a great job out there in Kentucky. Um, obviously, Bo Nix is coming into his second year. Y'all know how I feel about Bo Nix. I'm not going to slander him today. I promise y'all. I told y'all I wasn't going to do no slandering. Um, Bo Nix, you know, coming into the second year, and maybe he can take that next step in his sophomore campaign. Um, coming into this game, Auburn is a 7.5 favorite um, in this game, man. I think Kentucky covers. I think this game is going to be closer than 7.5 points, bro. Like, I think Kentucky is actually pretty decent this year. And you got to think about it. Auburn lost that great D-line they had last year. Marlon Davidson, gone. Uh, what's my boy Derrick Brown, gone. You know what I'm saying? Two of, you could argue two of their best defensive linemen to ever come through Auburn, period. Um, so you got to take that into consideration. Um, I think Kentucky keeps this game close. I don't think they win. I'm going to take Bo Nix and Auburn like 24 to 21 in this game. But don't be surprised if UK is in it the whole entire time. Um, but, yeah, man, I actually think Auburn takes a, a step back. And we'll talk about that when I get to talking about, you know, the divisions and the conference and all that good stuff. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Also, as well, we're going to get to see Mississippi State against the reigning national champions, LSU Tigers. 
Now, LSU has obviously lost a lot of people to the draft and a lot of opt-outs. We know this. Um, they're coming in with a completely new quarterback in Miles Brennan. Now, on the good thing is Mississippi State is coming in with a new coach as well in Mike Leach from Washington State. Now, LSU as of right now is a 16.5 favorite in this game. I'm going to tell y'all the truth. I'm not a really big believer in Miles Brennan. Never have been. And maybe he can make me one. I could be completely wrong about Miles Brennan. But I don't see it happening. Um, I think that LSU wins this game. Um, I don't know if it's by 16.5 points. It may be. I, I, I could see that new team, short offseason. Um, okay, maybe. Maybe. I, they might can beat them by 21. But without Jamar Chase, you know, and a completely new offense, basically, no Joe Brady to save you, I, I don't see LSU doing much this year. And I will get into them when I get to talk about the conference in general. Um, in my opinion, though, man, um, yeah, I think LSU wins this game somewhere in the likes of, like, I don't know, but Mississippi is going to throw that ball. They're going to throw that rock, bro. They're going to throw that rock. I'm going to say like 35 to 14 or something. Maybe something. I don't know. I, don't, I can't see Miles Brennan getting 35 points. But we'll see. I'm going to say something like 35 to 14 in this game. Next game I want to focus on, man. I want to take a look at Georgia versus Arkansas. Now, Georgia is going out to Arkansas to play this game. Georgia obviously probably, well, we know is rolling in there with a new starting quarterback. It's either going to be Dwayne Mathis. I don't know if JT Daniels has been cleared yet. I don't believe he has because I haven't heard anything about him being cleared before the game or anything like that. Um, so Dwayne Mathis more than likely will be the starting quarterback come Saturday against Arkansas. Arkansas also as well is getting a new coach who's actually Georgia's former O-line coach in Mr. Pittman. He's going to come in and try to change the landscape at Arkansas um, I definitely think Arkansas got a lot to rebuild. I like Raheem Boyd. I like what they have going on at Arkansas. It's just, it's too soon. They, they're not quite ready to even be competing with Georgia, just off of talent alone. Um, they're just not quite ready to be competing with Georgia yet. Um, so in this game, I do think Georgia wins pretty soundly. I don't know if there's a lot of points put up. I'm going to say like something like 28-7. to 7. In this game, Georgia has a very sound defense. I'll give them that. I know I slammed them a lot, but they do have a good defense. Kirby has did a great job with the defense out there in Athens. I can't deny that. Um, so I do think that Georgia wins this game pretty soundly, strictly off the strength of the defense. I think the offense is going to struggle. I do. I don't think they're going to be flying cylinders and stuff. I think it's going to be a struggle game that the defense might even have to score a touchdown. Next, I want to talk about Alabama. Heading out to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers uh, in this game. I mean, Alabama returning Mac Jones as starting quarterback. I wonder how long it's going to be until we get to see uh, what's my guy's name everybody was hyping up. Oh, my God. What is his name? Wow, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, the quarterback. But anyway, I'll come back to that. Anyway, um, right now they're 28-point favorites. I, I expect them to win by 28 or more. I mean, they still have Waddle. Um, you know, they still have they still have Devontae Smith as well. So they're still very well loaded at wide receiver. Um, I mean, Alabama, come on, man. They reload, man. It's really not even a question of if they're going to be good. It's how good they're going to be. Um, obviously, like I said, Mac Jones, he ain't going to set the world on fire by any chance. But, I mean, he's good enough to get the job done. I'm really trying to remember that quarterback's name that they were hyping up so much, the freshman kid from California. Wow, I'm literally drawing a blank on his name. I cannot think of the kid's name right now. Um, but I do want to see if he's going to get in the game because I'm, I'm kind of excited to see him because I've been seeing what you, DJU at Clemson's been able to do, and they say that guy is just as good as, as the dude at Clemson. Um, I cannot think of this kid's name right now, and it's getting on my nerves. Bryce Young. That's his name. Lord, I don't know why it was so hard to remember. Bryce Young. I want to see how long it's going to be until 
Saban, we know Saban has been known for doing this, is handing the keys over and saying, okay, your turn. He did it with two of the Jalen Hurts. Let's see if he does it with Mac Brown, uh, with uh, with with Mac Jones as well, with this Bryce Young kid. So I'm kind of excited to see what Alabama does as well. That's an ESPN game at seven o'clock, man. So I'm kind of excited to see what that one's gonna be about as well. And you know I gotta pick on little brother. You know I gotta pick on little brother. We got Tennessee heading to South Carolina. You know me as a Clemson fan. I gotta take a shot at little brother. Tennessee is 16th ranked in the country right now. They had a very good recruiting class, and they're still building a very good recruiting class for 2021. Um, you know, I'm impressed so far. Right now, Tennessee is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I think Tennessee blows South Carolina out, y'all. Yes, sir. I said it. I think Tennessee well, – I, I ain't going to say blow them out. Tennessee beat South Carolina 24-14. to 14. South Carolina comes in with a completely new quarterback, a new offensive coordinator on a short offseason. For offenses, it's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for disaster. 24-14, I'm taking Tennessee. Ain't even much I got to explain on that. South Carolina, yes, they have lost Javon Kinlaw. Their defense is not going to be as stout as it was last year. And even the year before that, because their defense was – they've actually built pretty decent defenses at – South Carolina over the last few years. And then the last game in SEC that will be going on is um, Vanderbilt against Texas A&M. Texas A&M, man, they've been getting a lot of hype in the offseason, man. I've been hearing about them a lot. Uh, Jimbo Fisher and his team coming in at 10 right now. I mean, Vanderbilt's not a good team, man. I'm not even going to jump into that. They're just not good. Um, we already know the situation. And for me, I think this is kind of like a proving year for Jimbo because he's in year what now? Three? He's in year three, so they're, they're kind of starting to kind of Kellen Mons a senior, woo-woo-woo. I mean, they're kind of expecting something this year. Kellen Mons a senior. They're expecting to kind of be worth a something. I think this is a big year for Jimbo, honestly. Not saying that he'll get fired, but if they don't perform this year, he could very well find himself going into 2021 definitely on the hot seat. I don't think he'll get fired because of the crazy year we in. But he might find himself on the hot seat um, this season. So it's going to kind of be important for him to win this game. I think he will, though. I can see them blowing them out like, I'm going to say like 49 to, to 20 or something like that. Um, so that kind of covers the SEC games for this week. Now, I want to talk about predictions. Let's talk about Y'all know me. I love to predict something. All right. So this is what I'm looking at. Let's start off with the, let's start off with the East first. Let's start off with the East first. So this is the direction I see the East coming. So we're doing standing, you know, standing predictions for the year for the SEC since they mean more than them. At the bottom of the East, I'm going to have Vanderbilt there. I think Vanderbilt is just super young. They, they don't have a lot of talent. It's one of those schools where it's not really a football school. They don't really care for football like that. Um, and they're just lacking talent, man. They're just not that good of a team. So I have them being the lowest team in the East. The second lowest team in the East I got is the South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina is, once again, not a good team. I don't think. I think they're a few pieces away from being good. Also, as well, on a short year with a change of coordinator, once again, it just sounds like disaster waiting to happen. Third lowest coming out the East. I have Missouri. I think Missouri, and I like Eli Drinkwitz. I like what he did at, you know, App State and stuff like that. But I think they have the potential for being a good squad. First year, I don't know. He did a good job at App State first year. But dang near every coach that goes to App State does a good job because that's kind of like a little, like, underground, you know, recruiting school that they get good players and develop them very well. That's what they've been known for for the last 10 or 15 years. Um, so, yeah, App State, you know, he was kind of used to that, but now walking to a situation in Missouri, let's see how he does, but I think they could be a decent team. Now, we're on the top four teams in the East. I'm going to take Kentucky at that fourth spot. I think Kentucky's good. I like what Bob Stoops has done. It does suck that they lost a guy like Lynn Bowden. 
He was very versatile. He played quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and they don't have a guy like that right now. So that concerns me for Kentucky, but I still think they'll be decent. I can't believe I'm doing this. The third best team in the East, I'm going to say Tennessee, bro. I think Tennessee is going to probably win like they playing a, a nine or ten uh, week season. I'm going to say they win seven games, bro. I don't see how they can't. Let's go over Tennessee's schedule real quickly. Hold on. I'm going to go over Tennessee's schedule because now I'm, I'm trying to debate is that accurate. Because I could see them winning six games at least. You have South Carolina. I think they win that game. I just told y'all that. They have Missouri. I think they win that game. They play Georgia. I think that's a loss. They play UK. That's up in the air. But I'm going to say I'm going to lean more towards they beat UK. They're going to lose to Bama. They're going to beat Arkansas. They're probably going to lose to AM. They're probably going to lose to Auburn. They're going to beat Vandy. And they're probably going to lose to Florida. Ooh. So that's right at five wins. Five wins, five losses. Ooh. I'm going to stick with them. I'm going to stick with them. I still think they win at least, let's just, I'm going to say five wins, possibly six. Possibly six. But I'm going to say five for right now. And then we know the two at the top. We know the two at the top. But y'all know the order I'm going. Georgia is the second best team in the SEC East. And right now, Florida is the best team in the SEC East. And here's why. Cal Trask. I don't believe in him. I've said that before. I think Emory Jones is a better quarterback. I think he's more dynamic. I think that he can make more plays that's like, okay, this kid could be legit. A lot of people have said he's just a running quarterback. I think Emory Jones can be more than a running quarterback, in my opinion. When you have one of the best tight ends in the country in Cal Pitts, I mean, let's just be real. He is probably, if not the first, the second best tight end in the country. I might would put Brevin Jordan above him from Miami. Or they're about like the same. Like it's literally 1A, 1B type situation. I think that defense is going to be a big factor for Florida. I think that defensive backfield is going to be huge for them. I think Kadarius Toney has to be consistently good for them to be good on offense this year. He can't be doing that running side from side. He got to get north and south. Because he reminds me a lot of like Curtis Samuels. He can be an effective utility type player, but he has to he has to get north and south. That's my problem with him. I think Florida wins this. I think Florida, I'm gonna go over Florida's, I'm gonna go over Florida's schedule right now. And I'm gonna tell you what I think their record is gonna be, in my opinion. I already told y'all I think they're beating Ole Miss. They're beating South Carolina. Going to AM is going to be rough, but it's AM with less fans. I think they win that game. I think they beat AM. I think they beat LSU. I don't think LSU was that good. I think they beat Missouri. I, beat, I think they beat Georgia in Jacksonville. I think they beat Arkansas. I think they beat Vandy. I think they beat UK. I think they almost go, they actually go undefeated. Only game I can possibly see them losing is AM. That's the only game to me I'm like, in Florida, I mean, in Georgia, obviously. In Georgia, obviously. Them the two games, I'm like, okay. Them the ones that might can catch you. It's between A&M and Georgia. If they make it to them through them two games untouched, they're good. They're good because after Georgia, it's a cakewalk. It's a cakewalk. You got Arkansas, dub. You got Vandy at Vandy. Now, you do have a good Kentucky team, but they're coming to you. They're coming to you, and maybe by then, maybe, there may be fans involved, a little bit more fans involved at that point. Then you play Tennessee the last game of the year at Tennessee. I think Florida runs the table. I think Florida, if they lose a game, it's either going to be to Georgia or A&M. So that's my breakdown on the East. Now, let's skip on over to who, what I believe is the best division in college football, I mean, it's, it's really no debate about it. It is the best division in college football. I think we all know that. The best division in college football, man. That's the SEC West, man. All right. Let's go over these teams. I'm going to make this quick or a little quicker, I promise you. Um, okay. So, 
At the bottom of the West is going to be Arkansas. I just, they're young. New coach. They're going to be young. Lot to learn for. I think next you put Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be down at the bottom once again. Lane Kiffin first year. You know, Mississippi State right above Ole Miss. I think they'll be all Arkansas, Mississippi State, and and Ole Miss will all be competing for last three spots. All right? Let's just go ahead and get that out the way. There's no need to even explain. All of them have new coaches. So those three, and they're in the, the hardest division. They're, they're automatically, for all, for let's say a team Arkansas, there's almost automatically five losses immediately on the, on, the, on the roster. It's automatically on the schedule. Alabama, Auburn, LSU, A&M, that's four right there that you're probably, and probably I would even add Mississippi State on there. That's five losses that you know you're taking. For sure, if you Arkansas. So, that right there is enough to be said. Alright. So, let's get to talking about the main ones up here at the top. I think... I think that Auburn is going to be the fourth best team in the division. I don't believe in Bo Nix. I've already told y'all that. They lost a lot on defense. And I just don't think they'll be as good this year. I don't. I think they'll be right around six wins, seven wins. I think they lose to Alabama. I think they probably even possibly lose to LSU. And I think they lose to A&M probably. At that third spot, I'm going to take A&M. I think A&M is a better team right now because they're senior-led. I think they're a better team than Auburn as of right now. Things could obviously change. Then at the number two spot, I'm taking LSU. LSU, they're playing a 10-game season. LSU will lose to Alabama and Florida this year. They're going to lose to Florida this year too as well. Because I do believe that, yeah, they play Florida this year. They're going to lose to Florida too. LSU, I could actually see LSU. Let's go look at LSU schedule real quick. Because I could actually see them losing three games, actually, now that I'm thinking about it more. I know I, I know they're losing to Bama. That's a fact. I already know that. They're losing to Bama. They're also as well losing to Florida. Auburn, they'll probably be Auburn. And I think they'll be okay, so two games. They got two games. I know for a fact they're losing. They're losing to, to Florida. And and obviously they're losing to Bama. That's how I feel about it. Now that at that point, that leaves me with Alabama. I think Alabama's going to be good this year. I think that Bryce Young kid, I think he's going to come in and probably start, you know, I think he's going to probably start within the first, you know, five or six weeks of the season. I think by middle of the season, that guy's going to be starting. So I'm excited to see what he does. I am. I'm excited to see what he does. But I'm just glad SEC football is back, y'all. I'm glad we're even talking about football because – I didn't think we was going to be getting it for a moment, and I'm glad we're getting it. That's what I kind of think about the SEC and the games this weekend, man. I'm excited, you know, to have SEC football back. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, I need you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. Then also as well, the podcast page at Talks with T-Time, the podcast. When we get back, are we getting a Heat and Lakers finals? We'll talk about that when we get back. What's up, you guys? It's your boy, Tony T-Time West, and I would love to have you guys to be a part of my podcast. If you want to come on my podcast as a feature, just to call in as a fan or anything like that, I would love to have you guys on my podcast. If you're interested, let me know at AO underscore T-Time 9 on Instagram and also as well on Twitter at AO underscore T-Time 9. I would love to have you on my podcast.
What is up, you guys? It's your boy Tony T Time West, man. Back at it again with the last segment of Talks with T Time, the podcast, man. Appreciate you guys sticking around, man. I'm going to keep this segment short, man. If you haven't already, I need you to follow me on Instagram and Twitter also as well at AO underscore T Time 9 and also as well the podcast page at Talks with T Time, the podcast, man. Let's go ahead and jump into some NBA basketball real quickly, man. Like I said, I'm not going to keep you guys long on this one. Just kind of want to get to the point. So, tonight we have the LA Lakers who are up 2-1 playing against the Denver Nuggets who uh, just stole a game last game. I mean, Jamal Murray was on absolute fire. Um, We know what has happened to teams that have went up 3-1 on the Nuggets in the bubble. I need the Lakers to do that tonight but finish the deal on Saturday because if they do not, they are in a world of trouble. If the Nuggets tie this game up tonight, the Lakers are in a world of trouble as well because that team has shown once they have gotten hot, they can be a problem. They can be a problem once they get hot. And, um, I mean, the Lakers got to come out and play. I mean, there's really not much I can really say about this series at this point because I really always feel like we really don't have a series until that fourth game. When it's 2-1, I mean, we really don't know. If it's 2-2, then we have a series. If it's, you know, 3-1, then we have a Like, you know what the deal is at that point. Um, so I need the Lakers to come ahead and just, you know, finish these guys out, man. Um, so, yeah, let's go ahead and jump into, the to me, the most entertaining series that I've been keeping up with even more than my own team, the Lakers, is the Heat versus the Boston Celtics. What a tremendous game last night. I want to talk a little bit about this guy coming off the bench by the name of Tyler Hero, man. Um, 37 points, five, you know, 50% from three last night, 14 uh, from 21 from the field. This guy... It's looking good. And I'm sorry, Charlotte Hornet fans. I hate to blow this back in y'all face again. He making y'all look bad again for skipping on him. Don't get me wrong. I like P.J. Washington, but he ain't on the level that Tyler Hero on. But I think that, I think that, I think that's just the Heat way, man. The Heat just know how to develop players. They know how to make guys better. And that's just that, man. They just know how to make them better, man. And, um. They just been really good, man. I, I can't really complain. Um, they've just always set the right example of how to build a program. That's why I've always had a lot of respect for the Miami Heat. Um, because they've always known how to build it. And that's one thing I respect about them tremendously. Um uh, yeah, so that's that, man. Obviously, you know, um Jimmy Butler gave 24 points, Bam Adebayo gave 20 points, also as well, Dragic gave 22 points as well. Um, I gotta see more from from Kimba. Um, I mean, he did have 20 points last night, but he's just not been that great in the playoffs this whole time, really. He had 34 minutes, 20 points. Um, I got to see more from him for me to really think they could even think of comeback from 3-1. But this Miami team is so hot, man. They've only lost two two games in the whole entire playoffs. I think they finish those guys off tomorrow on Friday, Um, in my personal opinion. Um, but yeah, man, that's basically it. That's going to wrap up the podcast, man. If you guys haven't already, I need you to follow me on Instagram at Talks with Tea Time, the podcast. That's the podcast page, Instagram. And then also as well, I need y'all to follow the, uh, AOT Time, my personal Instagram, and also as well, my Twitter at AO underscore Tea Time 9. Um, so that's basically going to call it for tonight, you guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys letting me vent at the beginning. And, um, like I said, I'm excited for what's next um for the podcast man so you guys thank you for your love and support man i appreciate you guys and uh we will definitely talk to you